0: Okay, look, like a lot of people, I get excited about the potential for the role that technology plays in healthcare. You see these medical futurist presentations about zany concepts like cars that can take your blood pressure or I don't know, showers that can do a full body skin check on you. It's fun sometimes to fantasize about what the future might look like in healthcare. But you know what? There's healthcare that needs to be done now. There's real life. And While the Jetsons-like inventions sound pretty cool, so often it's more the case of technology for technology's sake. Which is why, often on the show, we speak with people who are doing it in real time, driving change in healthcare with technology however they can. Sometimes in the real world, digital health can be big and transformational. Other times, it's more like a scene from MacGyver, solving problems with whatever pieces you've got lying around. Whatever the situation, you can be sure that it's going to be a tough slog. Well, my guest today is Demogen Smith. And in this episode, we're gonna explore the challenges facing public health with a digital health agenda in the real world and how we might as an industry really deliver positive outcomes for organizations, clients, and the community with technology. Collaboration starts with the conversation, Team Health Tech, let's make it happen.
1: Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter
0: Birch, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation
1: and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology.
0: With me today is Demogene Smith, currently the eHealth Program Manager for Mid North Coast Local Health District New South Wales, which covers Port Macquarie Hastings local government area in the south to Coffs Harbour local government area in the north. The Mid North Coast has one of the fastest growing and aging populations in New South Wales providing a diverse range of services to a population of more than 215,000 people. Demogene's a senior technologist with a passion for driving digital change. Demogene, how are you going?
1: Yeah, well and yourself, Peter?
0: Really good, thank you. Thanks for making the time to have a chat on the show. Keen to learn a bit more about yourself. Firstly, did you want to give us a bit more background about you?
1: You Yeah, I started my tech career, as most tech kids do, playing far too many games In the local arcade and the coin machine. And that really spurred on the start of my career into that space and being curious about how this all works. And I started my career out as a junior tech in a SCO house. They were back in the day delivering small computers to pharmacies to check dispensing and scripts, which was pretty future focused back then. I did some, uh, continued doing that with some integration architecture work in merchant banking. And eventually I secured myself a role as a director of IT for a a community college. was servicing about six to eight thousand students. I was a fairly big organization to start cutting my career in management and that's really when I fell in love with the whole tech can make a difference at scale and since then it's really been the focus of my career was the kind of the management new technology alignment digital change agenda and I jumped over to Australia about a decade ago and found myself in public health and that was a pretty interesting space to be in and really started falling in love with the health industry because it was a place I could see digital helping a patients and community at large get much better benefits that they couldn't get from the way things used to be done in the old days. And that's just really driven my career. And here I am helping New South Wales Health come to grips with its digital agenda.
0: Yeah, keen to learn a bit more about the real world on the day-to-day, the context now When you talk about the digital health agenda or the digital agenda, what does that look like in the healthcare that you see every day?
1: I guess it's like the world at large really is. Tech's been making such a large change to people's lives over the last decade. If I could look over the last decade in public health, caught caught them by surprise. The amount of technological change being pushed out there, I guess, in private land and all of the convenience and internet of widgety thingies, is making people's lives convenient, and it's starting to leach over into that is being required of formal health services and formal health services are in the business of providing health care not providing widgets to people and so they're really coming to terms with that in the digital scope while having to contend with other bigger things the changing demographic of the population i mean our population in australia is aging quite rapidly and that's putting unique challenges on the health system. There's obviously the cost. In public health, you have the value that people want as, as Australians. like The minimum excellent health care for everyone. No one gets left behind while at the same time making sure we spend responsibly. So those two interplay quite regularly. And that's a unique pressure that gets put on where people are starting to look to digital to start solving those. How can we improve service while cutting costs? And then in my neck of woods, the tyranny of distance is actually a big issue because many of our patients are in regional areas. So if they want access to services, they have to travel and that's quite challenging, especially if you're in the twilight years, getting from down 300k to see a specialist is quite challenging. So those are just some of the smaller things. And then... In all of that, we'll just chuck COVID in the middle. So nothing like an international <laughs> pandemic to make sure that we're not sitting on our laurels doing nothing.
0: Spice things up a bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right.
0: Totally on the same page with you there. I feel like there's been this misappropriation of innovation sometimes in healthcare, like building widgety things for the sake of it and not really solving problems or challenges that are faced in the real world you talked a little bit about the problems that are faced or the challenges to be solved in public health already around distance and whatnot. There's opportunity for digital innovation to really address these effectively, but is it achievable and how can these things be achieved from your perspective?
1: From a tech perspective, while there's a lot of investment into technology now, it's easy to chuck money at things, but we're dealing with patients and we're dealing with clients that have needs and we're dealing with carers that are providing those service to those patients. So their focus is not digital. So although we can throw money at it and make widgets, we've really got to be cognizant of the fact that we've got to bring an entire workforce along with us. They're still getting to grips with the massive move out there in their personal lives and in their group lives and in their social lives. Then we've got to try and wind it back a little bit, put it in the health context, put it in a business context. And then try and get them to understand how they need to do things in that context while they're trying to deal with it in the social context. we're maturing as a workforce. Health is maturing and it's not maturing as quick as the technologists would like, or rather the business of health would like to gain those efficiencies and provide better care.
0: And to build on that a little bit more then thinking about from the perspectives of patients and clients and carers and the benefits to them. Are there any actionable things or milestones that need to be achieved through that maturing process in order for us to be delivering, I guess, better care for these stakeholders?
1: From my perspective, and this was from it was in public education as well, and in South Africa, but also in public health in Victoria, they're pretty much the foundations So often people don't realize, like the Amazons and Googles and Apples of the world, they actually, even Musk, they have to have the foundations established before you start putting on the whiz-bang widgets and getting all the benefits of driving your autonomous toaster. That's really where healthcare is. And I've seen it in Queensland, in Victoria, in New South Wales. I'm going to be popping over to South Australia in the next couple of weeks. And it's really the foundations of managing information, securing patient information, and making sure it's robust needs to happen. And unfortunately, Peter, that's not the sexy stuff. That's not the, hey Siri, make me a cup of coffee. That's really the the raw engine of how that needs to be curated so that it can do those nice convenient things. So we can get telehealth to people in their homes. because we have a robust infrastructure. I mean, we still, in uh, New South Wales, I drive up and down the road, being a technologist, supposed to be able to webcast from anywhere in the world and send an email and then flick through an action to someone. I mean, I drive down the road and I lose connectivity. And in a modern society that relies so much on this, to lose connectivity while I'm in the middle of a meeting. Those are the realities. We need to keep investing and focusing on getting that layer right and be mindful that we don't overinvest in the nice things that make us feel warm and fuzzy before we've done the hardcore things that really stand up and make it bulletproof or clinical grade, really, without exception.
0: So the infrastructure side of things, I feel like that's really important too. networks and connectivity and whatnot. That's an important part of the foundations. Are there any, for those not totally familiar with those kind of baseline foundational requirements to build upon, what are some of the other things that come to mind that are particularly important we need to be getting right?
1: Two things. And I think this is running the business of health. I have a particular passion for strategic and operational planning. It's part of my thesis in a digital world. And the business, these big lumbering businesses are still trying to get to grips with what providing a digital service is let alone putting the tools in place to do it. So there are a lot of challenges when it comes to understanding how you provide, in this case, digital health versus how you provide health. So that has a service impact. The business considerations, the new models of care, even the back office services, the corporate functions like finance, reporting, workforce, HR, all of those things are, on top of providing health, also have to be reviewed and considered in, what does digital health look like, how do I run digital health, but at the same time run a digital business or a business service to support running a digital health service. So the business side of things is also quite contentious. The other part was the delivering of the clinical services and how that's changing. I found on several occasions in Victoria, it was great, we can provide telehealth services and teleconsults. And then they ran into the stark reality that because of the security requirements you can't share records so you have a highly experienced and seasoned anesthetist on one end of the tube and a patient on the other end and what happens is the anesthetist know what their their blood pressure is and the patient on the other end doesn't have it and they don't have access to that patient's record and so there's a lot of these things that they're starting to be uncovered so there are big challenges on top of big challenges and the one thing I find that's quite odd is there are businesses out there that in large multinationals that have solved a lot of these challenges, but health isn't actually going to them and going, hey, Woolworths, how do you manage your supply chain? Because I know from experience, I mean, I went to a checkout with paracetamol and some flu meds because I can get them from Woolies and the checkout person try to scan the paracetamol and she's sorry sir I can't give this to you and I'm like why can't you give it to me oh because there's a rule in place that says we're not allowed to sell more than a certain amount of paracetamol to one person in a given sale and I'm like well that's inconvenient but the whole of Woolworths without actually having to communicate that they've used technology to initiate a safe practice down to terminal level on their entire supply chain and I'm going That's fascinating. I don't even think when I was in Victoria, we could do minimum and maximum stock counts of paracetamol within a service unit, let alone the entire Victoria Health Service. So why aren't they speaking to Woolworths on how they got this or Coles or Target or whoever these big manufacturers are that manage logistics and supply chain? Why aren't they going there? So these are the interesting things.
0: I love that question too. I love the comparison across industries because... I like to do that as well. And so often I get met with, oh, well, it's just different. Or like healthcare's harder. And I sometimes feel like that's such an easy answer to provide in that kind of situation where these are being done. And yes, healthcare is complex, but there's also some complexities in other industries too.
1: I explain it to people in the terms of like Benini's paradox. You can unpack something until it becomes so complicated that it becomes meaningless. And that's a great way for people to go, this thing is so complex, we're not even going to bother. And being a futurist and a technologist, it's it's really like being like a five-year-old kid on a beach. You Remember, you're a kid, you build a sandcastle, you go, cool, I build a sandcastle. But no, that's a bit rubbish. I'm going to scratch it out and I'm going to build an even better one. And then you scrub that one out and you build a really nice, magnificent one. And the next day you come and the ocean's waved it away and you get a bit cranky about it. But then you build an even more and that's kind of the approach is if you go to them and say, Yes, we can overcomplicate anything into nothingness, or we can just stand there and take our Legos out and build a small house and see what it looks like, how it works, what are the benefits, what we would do different. And by the way, they do that in development land. That's why you have a version one and a version one point two and Apple's on version two hundred and sixty four million of its phone. I don't I don't know what it where it's up to, but if you want to grow that's the approach you can have to have that growth mindset to your business maturing with technology or your service maturing with technology you can't just say well, what so it's too complicated in line with that one of my most challenging comments is you sit there and you talk to these health specialists these managers that have been managing these services and have these large responsibilities and health is struggling to come to grips with technology as the world as a nation as a state as a health service and every time I say well let's do this or let's work on this let's have a crack let's have a start let's dig into these problems they go well what is the other health service doing and you're kind of going well actually if the other health service knew what they were doing in this space they would be doing it and they would have told us already because we are communicating more effectively now and you go well if you're going to keep asking what your the people that are in the same place having the same challenges are doing and not asking other people or groups who have solved those challenges that are maybe not in health, how are you going to move forward? Because if you could have solved the problem 10 years ago when Apple was solving the problem, we wouldn't be talking about the problem. So I find that quite challenging.
0: It's almost getting out of those silos of information or your reference points and finding new inspiration, which might not be directly aligned, but it somehow provides inspiration to solve problems in new and exciting ways. And I think that's some lessons that can be applied in big or small organizations and institutions. And just thinking for those smaller institutions, or particularly, we've got a lot of vendors who listen to the podcast, either at early stage startup, right through to more established organizations that would find benefit or feel like they could add value. You to the public health sector and wanting to engage with, whether it's New South Wales Health or any other kind of area too, I guess, generally wanting to engage with the public health sector, what would be some advice or some insights that you can provide to them?
1: Peter, the desire is there. These organizations are looking at embracing technology. They do understand the problems they plague them and they can see out there that good stuff is happening. They're big and they're bureaucratic and they're trying to get to grips with being more efficient as a business, but also they do want to support vendors. They do want to support startups. They do want to push the envelope of innovation. They do partner up with universities to to do research. So all you would need to do is whichever service you would like to get into, whether it's an LGA, a local government area or a shire, depending on the state or with health or with education, really do yourself a favor and, and just knock on the door, chat to someone. I have found it was one of the most fantastic things about being in Australia and ending up in, uh, in rural Australia was everyone wants to help. So they do help. They will put you in contact with someone who would be able to explain the process. There are checks and balances and health is especially structured because of the sensitive nature of the information that we deal with but it's not insurmountable. You would be able to get sufficient information from any of the healthcare websites that will lead you to who you need to talk to or what you need to fill in. There are online purchasing portals that you can go through and apply. Get yourself on the supply catalogs, go through the process, do your homework. And then through that, you will start making connections. You will start being able to talk to people. You'll start seeing what those problems that these organizations have that you actually have a solution for they just don't know you and they don't know what you can do and maybe you don't know that you have something that will solve a problem until you actually start engaging and maybe then you might actually help them with their engagement challenges
0: I found that too, just from my own experience back in the day, sometimes the problem you think you're solving isn't the one that's of interest in a public health setting or for any, any anyone you're trying to engage with, but you, there is something else there that's speaking to it. So those meetings that you have that aren't for any particular outcome necessarily, but it's just to understand the industry and the ecosystem are really valuable because they often lead to greater things later on. So yeah, get involved and get engaged in the community.
1: Yeah, and really listen. So Beyond what they're saying, listen to their challenges. And you're right, on several occasions, technology was put in place for a particular reason, it was ho-hum in solving that problem, but what it essentially did was it actually surfaced a huge underlying issue and the solution was better fit for solving that problem. But you wouldn't have known that it was a solution until you started there. There's so much commonality, Pete, it's fascinating.
0: Lastly, Emma just thinking about, say, we get all these things right in your mind, what does a digital health future look like?
1: Oh, it's funny you say that. I actually went through this with a group I was on, and we had to tell a story. So for me, right, it would be getting my sweet charm from Google Home at seven o'clock and letting me know, oh, you know, Emma it's time to wake up. You have an early day today. And I see you were a bit restless, your odds are a bit down, and you're a bit dehydrated you've got to go and see the orthopedic surgeon today for surgery. So I think you should have two glasses of water and I'll call you an Uber. And then I would get in and I would get to my appointment and I would be met with a concierge because I would like someone, if I'm going to go have orthopedic surgery to meet, someone who's going to actually be there for me. You definitely still want human interaction. But as soon as I arrived, the system would know, okay, Demogene's here, I'm going to send his next of kin a message to say he's arrived safely at the hospital. And really through that process, not really being incumbent on watching people put stuff in computers and, no, there's enough tech currently to be able to do this and go through my procedure and have everything automatically uploaded into my record. And as soon as I get discharged from theatre, I would notify my GP, the person who looks after my day-to-day care, Demogene's out of theatre, right? So his system would know, okay, I need to schedule a follow-up appointment. And so when I get wheeled out and the Uber is there to pick me up, I'll get a message, whatever wearable on my phone, that my GP wants to see me in a week's time just to make sure I'm okay. I make sure I'm eating my food and getting my macronutrients in and I'm walking every day. And that's really what I would see as really the healthcare of the future is clinicians focus on being there for patients you know, having that human contact, but everything else just managed, like Siri manages your drive to work.
0: Yeah. There's something to be said about the benefit that technology can provide to allow the making of things happen like the underlying current to ensure things are progressing and that exactly to that point that you raised around not requiring more admin staff to put more information into a system it's all this information is available it's about getting smarter and when we talk about efficiency in healthcare that's obviously a really important one to address and yeah so that's a great vision for the future Demogene and there's obviously little steps to get there I really appreciate the time that you've made to have a chat on the show we'll put some details from the conversation on the website as episodes so people can check it out. Look, I really appreciate your time and good luck with everything in the future.
1: All right. Thanks a lot, Peter. Thanks for listening to
0: the show. Check out talkinghealthtech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few
1: people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen.